This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. This is the OKC82 Podcast, live from the press down in the Plaza District on 16th Street, our favorite home away from home on Wednesdays. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, as always, hanging out, having a good time talking about the NBA. Brady? What's up, brother? Well, uh, there's a large element that we need to address outside of the fact that the press has the greatest food in Oklahoma City and you all need to come eat here for lunch or dinner. And if you don't, we will find you. We will find you. Uh, That, sadly, since the last time we recorded, uh, Kobe Bryant has passed away. Um, Obviously, Kobe in a helicopter accident on Sunday morning outside the city of Los Angeles. Uh, Sadly, he was also accompanied by his daughter, Gigi, as well as seven other passengers who were on the helicopter. Uh, And sadly, none of them uh, survived the crash. So... I guess just, I know this is a few days later, uh, you know, we're almost, we're approaching a week after, but just kind of your thoughts on the accident and Kobe Bryant's career. Yeah, and it's going to be something that I'm sure like on post-game shows in the future on 107.7, we're going to talk about because I don't know about you, it really still doesn't feel real. And like, I I guess I want to get this off first. Um, I feel... Terrible, obviously, for Kobe and his daughter. Like, that's terrible. I also feel terrible for the other people involved because those those families, those friends that they left behind, they can't walk two feet without hearing the name Kobe Bryant. And I'm sure that those friends and family obviously had relationships with Kobe because Kobe was coaching their family that lost their life in that helicopter crash. But at the same time, Kobe Bryant is so huge. Those people, we don't know their stories. We, sure. don't, we don't know their backgrounds. Sure. And so when they just hear Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, they're reminded of somebody that they knew that died, but they're not getting the recognition. Now, getting recognition won't, it doesn't do anything different. It doesn't bring them back. But I can imagine that for those other people that lost their lives and the families that they left behind, I can imagine this is even probably in a way a little bit even more tough. So I just wanted to put that out there for, for those people. But, you know, in, in regards to Kobe, you know, I wrote about it on Sunday after it happened and I actually reread it um, yesterday at dinner. And because I don't know about you, I don't know like how much you've written in your life, Chisholm, but one of the worst things that you can do, unless you're like writing a gamer, is write something as soon as it's going on because you're putting out like a lot of raw emotion which can lead to something kind of cool it could also lead to something that you read a few days later and go ah <laughs> right for instance like i don't want to get too personal but i had to write something so the first day that we um we got to meet shay gildas alexander um that was august 24th i got dumped that day <laughs> i went <laughs> i got dumped then went and met Shea Gillis Alexander, and it's funny because like the FSOK um, Inside Thunder show, they'll like show a montage of clips. One of the montage of clips is uh, one of the clips that they show is the scrum when we first met Shea, and I'm in camera shot, my head's down, holding up my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh god, I was so sad. <laughs> no, but like, so I I wrote something that day, and I went and reread it like a few weeks later, and was like, oh man, I was clearly like in a state of mind sure but um so i reread my kobe thing and i was pretty happy with yeah i still feel all this i still feel all those same emotions and you know it's the thing that's been talked about a lot recently in the last few days kobe was supposed to be old he was supposed to be just like dr j uh bill russell big o um all those kareem and all those guys yeah, yeah. all those guys that are just old and enjoying their lives and basking in the glory of their 
of their basketball career and just being a reminder of the pinnacle, like the pinnacles of basketball that they are. Kobe was supposed to be that, man. He was supposed to be 20 years from now sitting, you know, courtside at the All-Star game saying, I could have shut down Bronny James. I could have shut down. If Luka Doncic is playing that long, I could have shut him down. Like, this guy ain't got nothing on me. It, and then we were all going to have to be like, okay, shut up, old man. Like, be quiet. Like, the game is different now. Hush, hush, hush. Um, and we're robbed of that. And, I mean, I don't know. Did you watch Inside the NBA last night? Uh, I did not watch it live. I did, however, watch, obviously, the big segments that made it on social. God, like, sh- Shaq crying, man, that was hard. Yeah. It was hard to watch. And I, maybe this went over my head, but he, he had mentioned that his sister passed away and he was having trouble sleeping the last yeah. few months. Like, it was just all this, like, real-life truth bomb stuff hitting you. Because father, his sister, and then obviously Kobe all within a year. Yeah. And um, him saying that the last time he spoke to Kobe was the night that he retired, his last game where he dropped 60 points against the Utah Jazz. That sat, and then, like, fucking logo jerry west just bawling his eyes out yeah it was so hard man and it's going to be something that it's i don't think it's going to feel real for a for a long period of time it's going to affect the nba for a long period of time and um it's just that's the new reality that we live in now uh i mentioned this last night is that kobe i didn't i didn't see him last night on the radio uh, I, I didn't see him as a coach up the road of an NBA team. I didn't see him as a general manager of an NBA team, which that one felt a little bit more realistic. He was going to be like Hakeem, just helping out people, that, like, like he did with Jason Tatum. So what I saw, I th- what I thought Kobe was going to be was involved for the next 50 years of our lives, and every year during a TV broadcast, there would be some young player who looks like he's taken a leap, and the TV announcer would say, well, you know who he spent the summer with. Do you know who he worked out with in L.A. this summer, right? Yeah. Well, he worked out with Kobe <coughs> Bryant. Um. And he was supposed to be one of those guys that was just around and in the ether for a really long time. And what I loved about Kobe, first off, I, I, every year I hoped he went 0-82. I hated him as a basketball player. Hated him. <laughs> I hate the Lakers. I hate front runners. I hate all that. But one thing I can appreciate about Kobe is whenever he retired, everyone assumed that he was going to be involved in media somehow. And he was involved in media, but in a way that no one had ever done before. Yeah, he did it his own way. He did it his absolute own way. He created a whole new channel. And some people love the detail stuff from ESPN. And some people hated it. Some people love the Deer Basketball movie. and won an Oscar, for God's sakes. And some people hate it. Um, but that, that to me, sums up Kobe. is because everyone talks about the mama mentality and you know all that stuff. What I loved about Kobe is that he was, had such commitment to what he believed the right thing to do was. That he was going to go to any length whether people thought it was right, wrong, or indifferent. Kobe could have been on TV every day. Yeah. Kobe could have been a color analyst for NBA TV or ESPN. He, he could have done that. He chose to take, you know, not to use a, an overused phrase, but the road less traveled and say, yeah, that's all great. That would make me the most money. That would make me the most popular, but I don't want to do that. He didn't need I want to do this <laughs> other thing that I have more passion for. And I, I'm so grateful that he did all that stuff because, again, it, it sums up him a lot better than a bunch of TV clips of him on the jump, you know, yeah. uh, making some you know statements that aren't funny. <coughs> It, that those those episodes are what's going to age really well for him is because again it was it was kind of a look into his mind. Yeah, and I mean his basketball mind was probably what separated him from his contemporaries, like other guys that you could say like these were the best at their time. Well, the Mamba mentality, like it's it's cliche, and uh, I mean I'm going to say another word that means cliche, overused to the point where it That's gets a cliche to use overused. Yeah, I know it's just 
it, it gets annoying sometimes to hear like, oh yeah, I've got Mamba mentality. At the end of the day, it's like he was just such a special talent. And like, it's interesting that you you're saying like, I I wished that he lost every game. I do, I did. Now, because I've I think I wrote this down too. I never really had sports hate for Kobe Bryant. I absolutely. I had, had sports, sports fear for Kobe Bryant. Well, I had both of those things. So <laughs> now I had sports hate for LeBron James. That's where I can easily discern it. Um, you know, maybe because I grew up a Miami Heat fan, and the Heat only played the Lakers twice a year, so I didn't really have to deal with him that much unless the Heat and the Lakers met in the finals. But every time the Heat played the Lakers and Kobe, it was like, oh, God, he's going to kick our ass. He's going to hit at some dagger and, and, like, break my heart. Sure. Um, and it was just sports fear. Now, if the Heat beat them in, in some meaningless regular season game, it was like, this is awesome. We just beat Kobe <laughs> Bryant. Now, fast forward to a few more years later when I became a Thunder fan, when they beat – the Lakers in the 2012 semis, like, yeah, it's cool. We're going to the Western Conference Finals. That's awesome. But, my God, it came against Kobe fucking Bryant. Right. Like, this is like an event that I'm never going to forget. And that is, like, the best – I said it on the postgame show the other night um, with Madison. If Kobe, for whatever reason, heard me say that, like, it meant more to beat you, he would take that as an absolute compliment because he, he, he has the inverse belief. Like, he loves going into opposing arenas and silencing the crowd. Yeah. So I, I would assume that he could uh, logically accept that as a compliment. Yeah, I mean, the guy won five titles, but he was the gatekeeper for the Western Conference Yeah, for the Thunder, like, 15 years. The Thunder drastically changed their roster because of Kobe and the Lakers. Go get Kendrick Perkins. Right. I mean, I mean he, was, he was the guy. Okay, you want to win the title? That's great. You have to go through the Lakers, and you have to go through Kobe Bryant. Doesn't matter if it's Kobe on his last leg. Doesn't matter if it's prime Kobe. You're going to have to go through <laughs> Kobe Bryant if you want to win the West. And yeah. He was that guy for a really, really long time. Uh, and obviously, it's a sad story. Do you want to talk about something else? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll plug my story one more time. Mama mentality does demand the game must go on. I'm glad you said that. There's actually one thing uh, that I haven't heard anybody talk about, and that they have. I apologize for in, unintentionally stealing it. Uh, Phil Jackson, obviously his former coach, has a book called Seven Rings. Yep, okay, which yeah. I've never read, admittedly. Like I, oh, I, I have at the house. Let's I do want to read it. Okay, sweet. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna go to your house. And one of my favorite. One of my favorite sports <laughs> books. Uh, and in that, he has about three chapters where he's comparing Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Uh, and he tells this story of talking to Kobe and Kobe being frustrated that people weren't as committed to winning as he was. Which, if you heard stories of Kobe, that doesn't shock you. Yeah. Uh, and Phil Jackson has this one thing that I haven't heard anybody else say, uh, but it feels so true and. Well, there's people out there who say, I have the Mamba mentality. I have the Mamba mentality. I, I, you know, I, I use the Mamba mentality. Phil Jackson's point was, you did not. You, don't, you can't. Mm. So that's what Kobe had to learn is that this, this mentality that you're living with or this, this work ethic that you have, this I'm at a 10 all the time, you can't be frustrated when other people can't get to that level because your 10 is unobtainable. Yeah. That no one else can work as hard as you. And he, Phil said, I had to tell this it was over. No one else can work as hard as you can work. What you do isn't because you try hard. It's because it's impossible for everyone else. So this is not me taking away from people who say that, you know, I live by the Mamba mentality, quote, unquote. My point is, no, you don't. Because <laughs> Kobe Bryant was one of one. And the Mamba yeah. mentality isn't something that's supposed to be a moniker for everyone else to replicate because it's impossible. It's something that you can certainly chase. It's like that... Another word. It's like it's like that cliche. If you shoot for the the stars, 
You, if you shoot for the moon, you land among the stars. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You shoot for the moon, which is impossible because there's no star in between, which thank God or we all be dead. Right. Um, no, I mean, that's something I feel like a lot of people... What a weird science <laughs> joke you just made. <laughs> I'm actually reading, like, the... Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's little book, like, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Okay. I love it. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> anyway, I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like, there's that's something that I've certainly had to struggle with of, like, I work a cer like I work hard and I put enough stress and responsibility on myself and I set goals for myself. If you put those same goals and responsibilities on others, you're going to disappoint yourself because other people are motivated by different things. Other people have different uh, goals themselves. So it's something that can kill you. It's something that can stress you out. Like, why don't you feel the same way about this that I do? Like that, if you feel that way, right. you're setting yourself up for failure, basically. And it's something I've had to kind of teach myself. And I guess that's what kind of Phil Jackson, that was kind of the, right. the lesson he's trying to hammer home with Kobe. It's like, you can do you. And you know, hold people accountable, yes, but I mean, don't kill yourself because like, Lamar Odom is like not. You are different. Like, yeah, like that's what makes you special. Everyone you else different. is ten. Like, one of the quotes was, "Everyone else is ten, feels like you're six. Yeah, and that's not their problem. That's your problem. Oh, by the way, um, Lamar Odom, who was on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I broke my own rule. Anytime he's mentioned, I gotta scream that. <laughs> the people at the press here all kind of got silent for a moment. <laughs> got silent for a moment. All right. So obviously, uh, the NBA All Stars starters came out since last time we spoke. You and I did our draft slash selection, and you were almost mad online. You were the first person I thought of when Trey Young got announced. <laughs> oh, well, apparently I'm an idiot. Uh, if he makes the game, him making the game doesn't frustrate yeah. me at all. Him being thought as the second best guard in the Eastern Conference. I, th I think we even mentioned like the caveat of like we understand like deserving All Stars, and then All Stars. This is why Russell Westbrook makes All Star games. This is right. why yeah, Kobe Bryant in his last so year makes All Star games. If he like, would have made it, I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah, because I get I get the game that we're playing here, but at the end of these guys' careers, I mean, let, let me take Kobe Bryant for example. At the end of these guys' careers. We say things like they started in 11 All-Star games. We hold that against them. Yeah. So as good of a tra player Trey Young is right now, he only has seven wins. The Hawks have three wins without him in four games. So Trey Young's numbers are astounding. He's won seven games this year. He yeah. shouldn't be a starter. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. I'm sorry. No, like, like we talked about in the last podcast, um, you have like kind of a general criteria for your All-Stars. I think everybody does. But you can't use you can't use that for every single player because every single player is in on different on a different team in a different situation with different advantages and d disadvantages. Having said all that, it it does get to a point where okay, you just haven't done enough or you haven't won enough. Right. Now, like the year Russell Westbrook won the MVP, a lot of people were saying like um, a lot of people were saying the Russell Westbrook and the Thunder didn't win enough. I can 46 kinda get, games? 46 games. I can kind of get that, but they won just enough. If they're the eight seed or lower, I don't think he wins the, I don't think he wins the title. So, uh, sure. or the title, the MVP, I'm sorry. I got a text. He definitely didn't win the title. No, he I didn't. I can guarantee that he did not win the title. Was that five games? Five? Yeah, it was five games. They blew game four. Yeah, well, they blew game five, too. They actually blew every game. Did they just blow all the games? No, I think they led in about every game. 
Oh, you're saying they actually had the lead in every single game. Yeah, I think the only time that they were truly blown out was the first half of game one, and then they made it a game. So, yeah, scratch that. They didn't lead in game one. But game two, they had a big lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, and, of course, that coincides with Russell sitting, if you guys remember all of his rotations. Um, as soon as he sat, Victor Lodipo couldn't do anything. Right. Who's coming back tonight, right? Is, is tonight the night? Ooh, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. I don't know if tonight's the night. Uh, Zion Williamson has played the game since the last time we talked. Oh, man. What are your thoughts on Zion so far? Um, somebody on Twitter said that he looks like Blastoise, <laughs> and I can't unsee it. You, uh, so <laughs> on the night of Zion's first game, I, it was the day that we released our podcast about the All-Stars, and I yeah. tweeted you that night and said, can I switch one of my All-Star selections for Zion Williamson? Yeah. And you tweeted back, sure, you could have Blastoise or something along the And I had no context. I was so confused of what you were saying. So confused. Um... Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some random person on Twitter said that, and I just I can't unsee it. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm like one of these people. He needs to lose weight. He's going to be in shape. Like he hasn't played basketball in a few months. He's a rookie. Rookies get bigger. They get stronger. They get leaner. Like all these things will take care of themselves. He's a special talent. Um, he's exciting to watch. Um, he's reinvigorated a New Orleans Pelicans team that kind of reinvigorated themselves, and we've highlighted that over the last two or three podcasts. Um, it's going to be fun to see what they're able to do, like kind of on this the end of this season. Like this is kind of just a punt on this year and see what you got working with and then be excited for next year. And that's probably going to coincide with the Thunder kind of taking a backseat, the Spurs taking a backseat in the next season. So um, the Pelicans, they've got something in Zion, obviously. But um, outside of that, I think the most – surprising thing is just how his game and just the few amount of times that I've been able to see him play it's not su it's not super predicated on just being Blake Griffin with the Clippers where he's just going to dunk everything he's been able to showcase that no I can do some other stuff which is my th 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 those were my questions going into the game um, going into him playing his first game is well is he going to be easy to shut down because he can't stretch the floor he's at least shown that he'll do it now the sample size is too small the sample size is too small uh, he's someone who, if you were one of those people, and I can't believe that these people existed, uh, are out there saying, well, his athleticism, while great, isn't going to be as good when he gets to the NBA. All these other guys are going to be able to run faster, jump higher than the guys in college. While true, Zion is a one-of-one, one, boys and girls. Uh, his athleticism is absolutely going to translate. And while the first game we saw him hit four three-pointers, and uh, that's not sustainable, he's not going to shoot 100% for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Now, if he did, he'd be the greatest player of all time. Uh, what we did see, though, is him catch you know a lob from Lonzo Ball that he you know went up with one hand and then reversed it to the other side. He got an offensive rebound uh, where he just I me mean, just skied over uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. It's gonna translate, <laughs> Lamarcus Aldridge. It's gonna translate. <laughs> so Zion is gonna be a ton of fun. I I propose the idea that Thunder trade their twenty one allowable picks to go get Zion. For, you know, trade Andre Robertson in 21 picks, which is basically every first rounder they're allowed to, yeah. and every second rounder. Where are the Thunder going to be drafting? Are they going to be drafting in the low 20s? Yeah, well, if if this holds up, of course. Let's hope they don't draft 21 through 30 because they don't have their pick. That's true. They have the Denver pick, which is going to likely be like 26, 25. So they're going to have that pick for sure. But the, I mean, if Oklahoma City is somewhere between twenty and thirty, they don't get it. They don't retain their or twenty-one and thirty. They don't retain their pick, and they're they are treading dangerously close. They're two games out of fifth right now. 
Yeah, I mean, they blew an opportunity. They and, did. They could have. I mean, it's unfortunate because Chris Paul obviously missing the game. His first game that he's missed all season, you know, because of the passing of Kobe Bryant. I mean, that's certainly understandable. But And it's interesting also because on Saturday on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show, one of our big talking points was, you know, the last thing that we haven't really seen from this team is Shea running it. And we're probably not going to be able to see that unless Chris Paul gets hurt. Yeah. Like a, an ankle roll where he misses a game because he's clearly not being load managed. Danilo Gallinari is clearly being load managed. Um, we're not going to see that until probably next year. Sure. And what you know, at the very next game, Chris Paul misses it, and then Shea, it's the Shea Gillis Alexander show, kind of. And man, was it bad. I mean, five of 20 from the floor. And uh, well, what was so frustrating about that, Brady, is he was getting to the rim. I mean, he was. He was taking good shots. It's not like he was just throwing up clunkers that hit inside of the rim from 18 feet. It felt like he was really... He was getting the shots that he wanted. And just none of them were falling. Yeah, and, and None of them. And that's going to happen. And actually, I brought this up on the last OKC82 podcast. I want to get your thoughts on this. I wonder if this played into it. I could have asked him this. I thought about asking him this, but um, he wasn't going to give me a good answer on this question, so I just didn't feel the need to ask. But I wonder if there was the pressure, the added pressure of wanting to do a Kobe tribute. Because you see, like, Trey Young getting 45 on 24 shots. You see Buddy Heel getting career high, 42 on 24 shots. Like, all these Kobe tributes in terms of scoring. Sure. I wonder if that added pressure played into it at all. Like, where he was pressing. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Sure. Like, like, he misses his first few shots, and then it becomes like, shit. Like, I want to do this for Kobe. And it just becomes... I'm trying to just score for my boy, my hero, and it's not and it's not working. And then I asked Billy in, um, in the post game, like, how do, how do you feel he played? And Billy straight up, he did not have a good offensive game. And I asked him a follow-up question, and he said that this is a good opportunity for him to learn because we don't want him to just score. We don't want him to do just one thing. He can do X, like X, Y, Z amount of things. Sure. And he needs to take this opportunity to go, okay, if your shot isn't falling, impact the game in, in other ways. Now, there are times where you can just simply shoot yourself out of it because you're that talented. But at, at this point, you need to do other things. And it wasn't falling for you. You could have affected the game positively in other ways. And you you know, could have very well shot us out of that game against Dallas because it was pretty apparent. Um, 5 of 20, that's, that's bad. You don't want him to be Russell Westbrook where he has to feel like he has to do every single fucking thing. And that, that, that's the goal, and hopefully that's the lesson he takes from that uh, Dallas loss. Sure, sure. I totally agree with you. Uh, all right, it is uh, a w- eight days away from the uh, NBA trade deadline. It'll be next Thursday, February 6th. Thank God. Um, so the plan is for you and I to meet here on Thursday? Are we going to record on trade deadline day, or are we going to record I think the day before? I think that's a good idea. Okay. I, think, I think we should probably do like a uh, – let's burn ourselves. Let's hold us accountable. Well, we should rec- we should meet up and record like a twenty minute prediction, and then put it with the actual live uh, trade deadline day. Now, having said that, I guarantee you nothing's going to happen. Okay, how about this? <laughs> each one of us come in with five trades. Okay, we each but we both we're going to be here on Wednesday with five trades. Then we'll come back on Friday and do a recap. I and so- if either one of us gets a trade correct, the other has to buy the meal. There you go. Um, I, I did see some Thunder fans discussing. I wonder if the Heat would be willing to give up Tyler Hero. No. <laughs> I haven't told this story on the podcast, but um, when, I was at, when I was at Summer League, I, I went and watched the Heat game because I wanted to go see Tyler Hero because like, it was right after Russell got traded. So, like, of course, the Heat were like the big sure, rumor team. Being rumored. Yeah. And so I was like, well, let me, go, let me go check out Tyler Hero. I, I liked him coming out of Kentucky. 
I understood like the assets that he brought to the table. Um, but I was very adamant. If he's there and the Thunder are going to be um, at, at the Thunder's pick, they're not going to draft him because he's not a he's not a Sam Presti pick. The dude has alligator arms. He doesn't right. have. He's not long and athletic. Right. He can shoot the ball as well. Um, and the Thunder, in to no fault of Tyler Hero, has been down that road before, and I'm sure they're a little scorn. Exactly. With yeah. the experience of Alex Sabrinas, who was a great shooter but didn't develop anywhere else, really. In exactly. Game. Yeah, And that could have been very well because of the makeup of the team. We don't know. Right. We'll and so that's know. my point is that's probably not – that's probably a mistake, but there's a possibility that's going on. Exactly. So I'm leaning up against the wall at the Thomas and Mack Center, and this is like a small little – I think it's the Thomas and Mack Center or the other one. I can't remember what it's called, but it's the small little practice gym. So it's like real tight, um, close quarters. And I'm leaning up against the wall behind one of the goals – and right in front of me is, like, press row and VIP row. And it's the heat, like I said. So Pat Riley and Alonzo Mourning, like, I made a point to just sit or, like, lean up against the wall right behind them. Like, they're as far away from me to you as, as sure. we are right now. Did Pat Riley have his rings on? He had one ring on. Only one. What a loser. Yeah, I know. Um, well, Tyler Hero is, like, he's, he's on the other end of the floor. And he does this badass step back three and drains it. And then just kind of, like, does, like, finger guns or whatever. And... <laughs> Pat Riley like leans over to Alonzo Mourning, puts his hand on his shoulder, and Alonzo uh, looks at Pat Riley, and I could clearly hear and see his lips go, "He's a fucking badass." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was like, "Oh man, yeah, they're not giving it. They're not giving. They're not up. giving up Tyler here." <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, here, here's what we're gonna do, and then we're gonna sign off for the podcast today. Apologize for the shorter podcast this afternoon. I got some stuff to do. I'm gonna rattle off a team. I'm gonna tell you. I'm basically just gonna rattle off all the rumors. Of this team is interested in X Thunder player, and yeah. you just give me a scale of one to ten of how real you think that rumor is, because there's some of them that have been rumored that I just don't believe. Yeah, Milwaukee Bucks and Chris Paul. No, you missed the point of the game. One to ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> ten being this is absolutely a true rumor. Well, zero. They're super interested. One. Well, they never even made a phone call. Someone made this up. One. Okay. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, Danilo Gallinari. Oh, I'd say about a four or five because there's there's been communications going back to the summer sure. between Presti and uh, Masai Ujiri. So I, I could see that happening. I could see that being, uh, let's swap your expiring contracts for my expiring contracts. You get a little bit better, we get a little bit better. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I could see that being a, a thing. And also bring Serge Ibaka home. Hashtag bring Serge home. <laughs> uh, the Miami Heat and basically every player on the Thunder's roster. <laughs> Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari. Not Steven Adams, but. Um, I have no. I'll, I'll say five two. I have no doubt that the communication has happened, but I don't think anything's going to come of it. Boston Celtics and uh, Stephen Adams, uh, seven. You think that one's for real? I think that one is definitely for real. Stephen Adams I struggle. Stephen Adams is a good white player. <laughs> <laughs> I just struggle of figuring out what that trade is. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the Thunder are going to make it, unless. The Celtics the are with willing to part with one of their like either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, which ain't going to happen. Well, I mean, it's even harder than just that. It's the contracts. They just don't. It's hard to match salaries between Boston and Oklahoma City to make a legal trade. Do you have to put in Ennis Cantor? How much is he making? Five. You know, you have to get up to basically about twenty-two million. And they have Kimba, who makes thirty-three. Gordon Hayward, who makes thirty-three. Their third highest-paid player is Marcus Smart, who makes twelve. So now you realize that it's either going to, have to be Gordon Hayward for Stephen Adams and another piece, or it's going to be Marcus Smart. You know, Daniel Dice, it is, it's going to be like three for one, and that doesn't feel real either. 
Well, you can go Steven and then Dre's expiring deal. Right, so for Gordon 30, Hayward. So it's 32. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get there, but did the, does Boston want to give up Gordon Hayward for Steven? Does that feel like a net neutral move? Does that seem – you know what I mean? Yeah. I, did, I just don't know if I buy that one. Uh, all right, the Philadelphia 76ers and Mila Gallinari. Um, here, here's, here's something interesting. Would they do this for Al Horford straight up? Steven Adams for Al Horford? Uh, Danilo Gallinari. Oh, so sorry, yeah. Because I, I get why Thunder fans would be like, what? But Al Horford is just a – he's a ch- – He's not cheaper, but he's also he's he's basically the same type of asset that Danilo Gallinari is. You can easily flip that, but he also helps you in the short term. You can flip him easily. Sure. And he's also Billy Donovan's favorite player. This going bet, this could, I mean, that's the same concept as my trade Danilo to Portland, Al Horford to no, sorry, trade Danilo to Philly, Al Horford to Portland, and Hassan Whiteside, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Because Al. Because at the time, when I came up with that concept, Portland was trying to win a lot of games. And Al Horford raises your floor. Yeah. Because he's a good player, and I agree with you. Um, there would have to be another piece involved, obviously, because Al Horford makes 28, Danilo makes 22. Uh, so probably Dre's expiring. Um, but at the end of the day, they're not trading Andre Robertson. I'm sorry. They're not going to use him as a trade piece. They are not going to do that. I think I said this last week on this podcast. The only way I can see that is if – and I – this will 100% not happen, and that's why I'm bringing it up that I think you're correct, that they will not trade him. The only way that it would is if he retired. Yeah. And he's not going to retire. I can't imagine that will come mm-hmm. out soon. Uh, all right, Indiana Pacers and Dennis Schroeder. Ooh. I haven't even, I don't even know if I have an opinion because I haven't even thought of that. That is not a team that I've connected Dennis Schroeder to, but that is interesting. Yeah. Um, you get Jeremy Lamb home? Why not? These two front offices should have a very good rapport with one another. They, they have, should both like each other a lot. Yeah. Like, all right, you've helped me out. I helped you out. Yeah. Why not Why not discuss this? Now, does Dennis Schroeder make a lot of sense with uh, on a Victor Oladipo team? Yeah, so basically at that point, Dennis Schroeder will be going to do exactly what he's doing in Oklahoma City. Just on a higher end, higher ceiling team. Sure. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's going to be the sixth man who is basically playing with either Victor Oladipo or Malcolm Brogdon at all times. Yeah. Which, I don't know if I hate. I don't know if he wants that. I Does think, Dennis? I think, yeah. Oh, I, I think he would rather be the starting point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies because he's a starting point guard. Mm, well, I don't think he's taking John Morant's well, job. Well, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I got you saying. Insert bad team here. I got you saying. Uh, the Orlando Magic, I don't see anything there. Brooklyn Nets, I don't see anything there, even though they do need some more guys. They clearly, they need more pieces. Yeah. So that, they, they, that they can waste. Okay, here's an interesting one that is based in no fact at all except for my own. What would it take for you as the Thunder general manager to trade Danilo Gallinari and bring back Thaddeus Young and Cristiano Felicio for Chicago? Ooh, what Cri- would it take? Thad Young makes $13 million for, the next, for this season and two more after. Yeah. And uh, Cristiano Felicio makes eight this year and next year. Well, those are certainly use- doable contracts. Um, all right, give us the for s- the for clarity. The reason that so the advantage immediately to Oklahoma City is they would get under the tax because yep. they would save just about a million dollars, and they're just about oh, they're six hundred thirty thousand dollars over the tax line right now. So they'd be under the tax uh, through this trade. Uh, they would get Thad Young, who is kind of like kind of like the deal. He's another asset that they could almost immediately flip again either this summer 
or and, next year. And he also helps you relatively in the short term. Cristiano Feliso is just a number. <laughs> <laughs> that guy barely exists. Uh, but there would have to be some, because Danilo is the better player. Yeah, by a pretty significant margin over Thaddeus Young. So I assume there would have to be some type of compensation. So what would you what would you what would your negotiation be when Chicago calls and says we want to trade these two guys for Danilo? Well, if you're wanting Danilo like on an expiring deal, that tells me you're trying to you're trying to win right now, which And I've, they've also been rumored to want to get rid of that contract that they signed three months ago. I know. Um, idiots. Okay, so you're you're wanting to make a short term move. Okay, so that must mean that you're not as concerned with your long term. So you either give us like as the Thunder, you either try and give us your seventh overall pick, which you <laughs> Which we know is just written in Sharpie. <laughs> They're gonna be seventh. Yeah. You either give us your seventh overall pick or uh, we talk about uh Lori Markinen's future. Ooh, Lori Legend. Yep. Oh, see I think that asking price would be too high. To basically rent Danilo for a year. I don't think they trade Lori. Uh, now, if the Thunder were willing to, like... I mean, isn't Lori marketing a Sam Presti wet dream? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know if they do that. So, like, two second-round picks or, like, a heavily protected first. Uh, I mean, again, like, that doesn't make sense for Chicago because you're you're... you're Adding a short-term guy when you are clearly a franchise that needs to be concerned with your long-term. You're not keeping Danilo Gallinari past this season if you trade for him. You know what I mean? So yeah. You're basically just doing this to help Oklahoma City out. If now, Chicago? Yeah. Now I think Why is that helping Oklahoma City out? Because it gets them, quote, under the tax, and I wanted to get into that. I don't think the Thunderer is concerned with the tax. No. Like, they were fully aware that they were going to be a tax team at least for this season. And we also know more than likely they're not going to be next year or the year after. Exactly, and they're only 800k under the or above the tax line. So they could, if they wanted to, they could just cut Deontay Burton or trade him somewhere, and it's and it's done. I think that they're probably going to end up paying the tax this season, and then that's it. Because I, I don't see a deal out there that can realistically happen where they want to part ways with either Chris Paul or Danilo Gallinari. I think they're just going to ride it out. Sorry, I got a text message. Uh, um, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, Oklahoma City obviously came out or with a report a few months ago. They were willing to take on longer-term money mm -hmm. to help facilitate trades. Chicago is in the ninth seed right now. They haven't been in the playoffs in quite some time, and they stink. So does Danilo make sense there? I mean, he definitely makes them better. But that also that pulls into question Laurie Markkinen about what his role is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I was just, I was kicking that around. I wasn't entirely sure if I, if I thought that was a good trade or not, but I was just kicking it around. Uh, all right, moving on. It's interesting because I haven't heard it before. So right, because like, I made it up. Oh, That's why you haven't heard it, because I made it up. <laughs> uh, the Detroit Pistons, Washington Wizards, Charlotte Hornets, New York Knicks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks with Steven Adams uh, is the biggest rumor out of that list. That is the biggest bullshit. Like, okay, it, it, I'm so glad you said that. I don't see it. Because uh, it's the same conversation. Well, Oklahoma so City's not trying to lose money. So yeah. like his, the fact that Steve Adams has another year, that doesn't matter for Oklahoma City. They're not trying to get off his contract. What is the rule? Like, we've covered this team now for X amount of years. What is the rule? Whenever you hear trade rumors connected to Oklahoma City, you know it hasn't come from the Thunder. Right. So it's either posturing from the other end or it's just blatant desire. Or 
I think sometimes, though, we do get rumors that are the Thunder trying to leverage a team that they're not talking about. Oh, exactly. About. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me Brooke, that... Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Lopez is always the easy right, example. Right. So it wouldn't shock me if the Thunder are in negotiations with the Atlanta Hawks and another team who has not been named, and they're trying to force the hand of said other team a little bit. That yeah. wouldn't shock me. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that rumor at, at all. Because, again, they're not trying to get off the long term... Thunder are not trying to get off the long term money. So they're likely just flipping Steven Adams for expirings because Atlanta has a ton of them. Okay, fine. But Atlanta's not going to trade their first-round pick. They're not going to trade a first-round pick in the future. Yeah. They're a rebuilding team also. I don't th I don't know who said this. It might have been Kevin O'Connor at the ringer. But I feel like a lot of this trade rumor for Steven Adams to Atlanta, I, I feel like it's just Travis Schlenk or the, the Hawks trying to posture for their ownership that wants immediate results. Because this is not a Travis Schlenk move according to the philosophy that he's implemented with Atlanta trying to be Golden State East. Now, is it is it working? No. But it's cert that's a long-term thing. You don't go for Steven Adams to play into that philosophy. That doesn't make sense. So to me, this is just like, yeah, we're trying to get Steven Adams' owner. I can't. I don't know who Atlanta's owner is. We're trying to get him. Sorry. Like We're trying to help out the team right now. They're concerned with like building for the long term, and sure. that could piss off ownership. Sure. Uh, the Lakers don't have the contracts to trade for either one of those guys. The only one who they vaguely might be interested in is Dennis Schroeder, and even then, that's hard to really put together a framework of a deal that makes sense where it's not four Lakers or three Lakers uh, just for Dennis Schroeder. The, the Los Angeles Clippers, mm, I mean, we can talk our way through a couple of trades. Uh, funny, this is kind of funny, but they, they could really use Danilo Gallinari. Like that, he would make a huge difference for them. Uh, but yeah. I, which is just funny to say. Uh, but I, they can't quite get there. They would have to do some framework of like Maurice Harkless, Rodney Magruder, Jer Jerome Robinson, and that would get them to Danilo. I don't. Are they even allowed to trade for Danilo within the same? No. See, I knew there's like a time frame. I couldn't remember if it was a year or nine months or six months or whatever. I think it's. I think it's a year. I, I know that he can't sign there yeah. immediately, but I didn't know if he could get traded back. Like, oops, we really made a mistake here. <laughs> Danilo could very well just decide to go back to the Clippers as a free agent. Right. Or he could very well go to Denver. Denver would he, – he's admitted that Denver's his favorite city in, sure. in, in America and that he lives there. Right. Um, yeah. Danilo makes a lot of sense with the uh, – Denver's problem is they have too many players right now. They I have know. too many good guys. Well, they'd have to certainly dump off some yeah. contracts. But sure. Uh, the Utah Jazz, I don't see. Denver, I don't see for the reason I just said. Uh, it's a shame the Lakers don't have anything to trade or any money. Right. Because he could certainly help out the, certainly help out the Lakers. He would put them over the top, like clear title favorite, in my opinion. Right. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, Danilo makes sense. Schroeder makes a little bit of sense. Steven Adams even makes sense. Uh, it just depends on, first off, Dallas doesn't have a ton of assets. They don't have picks because most of those went to New York already. Um, and I don't think the Thunder are in the business of trying to acquire second-round picks for Steven Adams or Danilo Gallinari. They're not doing the Kings thing. Yeah, but they're not got trying to get every second round. They're not trying to own the second round in 2029. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't really see it there unless there's some young player. I mean, I say not that, not, but, like, if, they, if the Thunder are giant fans of Jalen Brunson or Justin Jackson or, you know, one of those guys who have been playing well for, for Dallas, unless they're big fans of the, one of those guys and see them as an asset, that's the only way I can see a deal with Dallas. But every single player that Thunder have makes sense on the Dallas roster. Uh, the Houston Rockets, 
Do you want to trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook? Two picks? <laughs> Just that might not be a bad trade for keep Houston. A, keep acquiring Houston's future. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies we talked about, I don't really see them as buyers. There's been rumors that they might be buyers at the deadline. I don't see that. Um, there's no need. With the 2021 free agency, there's just no need. Like Unless you are literally one player or two players away from a title. And Memphis is not. Yeah, don't do not do anything. San Antonio, uh, <laughs> you tell me. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, Portland. DeJounte Murray needs to go somewhere else. Yeah. Portland, I, if you're a Thunder fan, quit talking about Portland because they very clearly have made a decision that they are building for 2021, not 2020. You know, they, they're worried about next season. They've already kind of thrown this one away. They got to trade CJ McCollum. Yeah, you keep saying that. I don't. They. they it's not. I don't work. disagree it's, with it's you. I don't disagree work. with you. I just don't know if there. If there was a trade out there that you went, oh, that's an that's a good deal, or that's an even swap, or something like that, I could see. But I don't think they're going to get value from McCollum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Phoenix Suns, they might do something stupid, um, but I'm not entirely sure. All right, here's the one I'm most excited to talk about. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Ooh. Pelicans are trying to win games. There's already been reports coming out saying that we're not trading our veterans. We are trying to win this season. And for J.J. Reddick's sake, I hope they make the playoffs because he's never missed the playoffs in his career, and that's an incredible stat. Even with Orlando? He never missed it. He has never oh, yeah, missed that, the playoffs in his career. Dwight Howard yeah. prime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah he, he was on the finals team. He just didn't play. Uh, so we need to get New Orleans in the playoffs. We need to get them there. Would Steven Adams or Danilo Gallinari make more sense for this team? I think Steven. I think Steven, too. So, would Derek Favors and Etwan Moore or Darius Miller? Let's go Darius Miller. Etwan, or Darius, Darius Miller, Derek Favors for Steven Adams. Isn't Darius Miller hurt? Yes. Is there any more compensation in needed? Um, first. Have to be a first? Yeah. Because the New Orleans you, Pelicans, you if you remember correctly, got four second rounders from Washington for Nikola Mirotic. You can't, <laughs> which is hysterical. You, you can't give up Stephen Adams and not get a first round pick. Like, like Presty, like Presty's pride would demand that. Okay. You cannot give up Stephen Adams and not get a first round pick. Would they take the 2020 Cleveland first round pick? That's really fake. It's protected like one through 27, I think. Oh jeez. And then it turns into two that, seconds. That's useless. But I mean, but it's a first round pick. Yeah. No. No. Okay, so no deal there. No. no deal there. Okay. Kings, we don't see. Timberwolves, who the hell knows? But they're so, they 15 and 32 right now. They're not going to be buyers. And obviously Golden State. So I say that all to say, I don't think the Thunder are going to make a trade. Yeah, I don't, I don't. We've been saying it for the last few months, actually. It's like this is this roster is probably going to end up seeing the end of the tunnel for this season. Sure, sure. All right, man. This has uh, been a great podcast as always. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be back next week. Double podcast week for us? Yes. All right. Yes, we good. will. Sounds good. Uh, so make sure you uh, give us a rating and a review. We appreciate you, as always, here on the OKC A2 Podcast. For Brady Trantham, for Chisholm Holland, until next time. Peace. Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.